Hey, Stranger Things fans, there is a new half season coming out on Friday on Netflix. The Ringerverse crew is going to be there to tackle everything, to explain everything that happened. Mallory Rubin, Joanna Robinson, Van Lathan, Charles Holmes. I don't even know if they're going to be involved. We have so many good people on that feed. Check it out. The Ringerverse podcast on the Ringer Podcast Network. This episode of the Bill Simmons Podcast is presented by State Farm. If you've ever been in an accident and you're okay, but you know what happened, your first reaction is going to be, man, why did that happen? If you ever buy a new house or a new car or a new anything, there's this little rush you get when you're like, I did it. I made it happen. But really, the only words you need to remember are, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. State Farm has options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to help choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Learn more at statefarm.com. This episode is brought to you by Taco Bell. If you're anything like me during a busy day at work, I need lunch that is just as fresh as it is delicious and easy. And the all new Cantina chicken menu from Taco Bell is exactly that, made with high quality ingredients like seasoned slow roasted chicken, pico de gallo, shredded purple cabbage, and avocado verde salsa sauce. The new Cantina chicken tacos, burrito, and quesadilla are the perfect daytime choice. Try the new Cantina chicken menu at Taco Bell now. We're also brought to you by the Ringer Podcast Network. Rewatchables was postponed tonight because we're doing a special BS podcast, but we are running it on Tuesday this week. It is the 40th anniversary of a very, very, very famous movie that will hopefully inspire the Boston Celtics for the rest of the series because we need the help. Coming up, here's why we're doing a special one. My dad and I went to game four of Heat Celtics. We walked back from the arena and we turned on the mics. And we did that. And then as a little bonus, Jalen Green, Houston Rockets rookie. Yeah, he's coming on. We're going to talk basketball for like 40 minutes. So there you go. Little special Monday night podcast. First, our friends from Pearl Jam. All right, it is 11.25 Eastern time. Taping with my dad, my 74-year-old dad. It's way past my bedtime. These games start after 8.30, and then I was like, Dad, we're going back, and we're going to tape the podcast. And he was like, cool. He's drinking a ginger ale. You took some sort of pill. I don't, I don't know what was going on with that. Uh, we had to walk uphill back to Beacon Hill. You were a couple times. I don't know. I was worried you weren't going to make it. Well, it what was, a podcast for us. It was a difficult game. I mean, we were up by 30 and I was still worried. Uh, <laughs> we went to a rock fight. So game four, Celtics come out. What was it? 21 to one at one point? Something like that? Something like that. 17, 18 to one. Took, uh, took a screenshot of the scoreboard at one point. Yeah, it was, it was 18 to one. That's what it was. The Heat were one for 15 to start the game. Our yeah. guy, Derek White. The roller coaster ride uh, that it's, it's, I compared it to you. He's like a Red Sox reliever during a playoff run that every time he comes in, there's three guys on base. It's 32 pitch inning. Well, Somehow be. he gets out of it. Yeah. Um, you know, he, he hit his first three point shot 
And it looked like everything would be rosy the rest of the night. He had his first seven points of the game. And then he missed seven straight three-point shots. <laughs> but he got, I think but he, he was wide points. open. He was wide open. It was, he was weirdly one of the MVPs of the game. He was. By the end of the game, it looked like he was dragging it. It looked like he actually hurt his hamstring at the tail end. At the uh, two minutes to go, they called a timeout because he was holding on to his right hamstring. So not a good sign for uh, Wednesday night. So going backwards... We're waiting all day to see who's going to play because they're just, these games are coming every 48 hours and it's become, you know, heroes out for the heat. We don't know if we're going to get smart. Robert Williams, is Tatum going to play? Are all three going to be out? Are all three going to play? Or Jimmy Butler, is he going to play? Right. Uh, Yeah. So then all of a sudden we're like an hour and a half from game time. Marcus Smart out. I didn't even hear that. I I thought all three of them were going to play, but. You and I, when we walked to the game, were saying, would we we rather have Smart out or Robert Williams out? As it turned out, Robert Williams had a terrific game. Well, I remember saying to you, I I was optimistic about two things. One was the extender, Scott Foster. It was very nice to see him out there when we're behind in the series. (laughs) (laughs) It felt like he was an asset, and then we figured one of White and Pritchard had to play well. And if we could get one of those guys, we had a chance, and and the extender had to do his job. Well, ironically, you know, even though White kept missing all those shots, he was doing a lot of other things. He was rebounding. He made some terrific passes uh, in traffic. Um, Good defense. He can't dribble, but we don't have anybody on our team who can dribble, so that's not really anything that can highlight White. I thought Pritchard, though, played a really good game when he came in, too. Yeah, Pritchard came in with some confidence. Robert Williams was fantastic. I mean, the story of the game was our defense in the first half was the defense that this team, you were going to the games, you were telling me. Yeah, the, February, March, April, the way they would play defense and how they could just lock teams down for stretches, not just for, like, four minutes for like right. an entire half. That's what they were doing. Well, the big, I mean, I started, as obviously at the beginning of the season, uh, the new coach put a defensive strategy in of switching. Yeah. And uh, it was not working. They, they just didn't get it in the beginning. And inevitably, there was always somebody open because somebody didn't make the correct switch. And then the light bulb went off the end of January and they've been terrific ever since. When did you start believing in the team? It was like it was like right around after the All Star break, right? Yeah, I'd say beginning of March. Yeah, well, a big um, piece was Robert Williams. You saw it tonight. Yeah. We saw the full Rob Williams. He was incredible in the first half. Couple alley oops, challenging everything. Yeah, Miami. You know, all the free throws were on the Boston side. They were a little more aggressive going the basket, but Miami they were settling for two point. I think I saw at halftime. I was looking at Twitter. Like thirty percent of their shots were long twos, which is exactly yeah. what you want. And that's the Robert Williams impact. I mean. He, he he intimidates them from driving to the basket. Right. And Butler, there's a lot of front rim stuff just in general in but, this game. Butler shot three for 14. Yeah, Butler looks Strange like luggage. Game. Lowry had nothing. No. The, the most interesting thing, because we went to Saturday, and I talked about it on the pod yesterday with Rosillo, but, you know, Saturday was a football game. Right. And Miami was really loud. There were two things in particular. P.J. Tucker was just allowed to do whatever he wanted. And bam... There was a lot of moving picks, semi-moving picks. He was just getting away with stuff. And it was, and they weren't even trying to do it in the first half, which we thought was interesting because we just assumed the refs were like, hey, you're not doing that stuff this game. Don't even do it. And we're going to call it every time. So you could tell they scaled it back. And then the third quarter, they tried to 
ratcheted up again. And Foster was like, no, the extender came in. He was like, no, no, moving pick. No, PJ Tucker, you can't do that. And PJ Tucker, I thought was going to hit somebody. And Adamayo got called for a pick as well. And yeah. the things that they never got called for on Saturday, you, you made a comment that it's almost like he went to the bench and said, you cannot play like you did on Saturday. Right. And, the, and they, it's like, he was like a sheriff. I was watching yeah. him before the game and he just kind of stands there at midcourt and he's like, your your favorite actor is Clint Eastwood. He was he had kind of a Clint Eastwood vibe to him. Like I'm here to yeah. I'm here to settle all the stuff that should not have happened on Saturday night. We will not be doing that in this game. Well, there was one point early on when Lowry, who complains about everything, yeah, every single play he's complaining, and Foster just gave him the evil eye, <laughs> and that was the end of Lowry. I never saw him again. <laughs> and we should mention we've been on the other side of Scott Foster games. We can't stand usually when he's the referee. Yeah. But tonight, we were hoping he would be the referee. Remember game five of the 2008 finals when we were in LA and we thought we had a chance to see them clinch in the yeah. LA? Scott Foster was like, no, no it's actually no. going to go back to Boston. No, he was extending the series. Yeah. Well, so defensively, the Celtics were great. Well, the one thing... Uh, where was that effort in game three? I, I, I thought you and I, I think, agreed the most valuable player, even though he only had five or six points, was Al Horford. Al Horford was he great. was uh, he was everywhere, and, and he was getting rebounds and pushing immediately. Yes. They were they were, looked like they were trying to. Well, ironically, he was the only one who could dribble. <laughs> <laughs> he's dribbling up the court. He's not losing it. Yeah, he had five points, thirteen rebounds, three assists, four blocks. Yeah, the blocks were big. He had four blocks. Uh. Williams had two. In general, they had 11 blocks, which is a lot. Miami only had two. And the big thing, the defense and then the turnovers, at least in the first half, they weren't turning over the ball. And that's no. how Miami was getting a lot of points in game three. Yeah, they had a stretch. I'd say the last four minutes of the third quarter where we just stopped playing or yeah. we took quick shots. Got, so the crowd was dead. Yeah, the crowd yeah. was dead. And it was like people knew we were going to win and it was time to go home. Yeah. Yeah. Because you had... Four four Milwaukee games, and all those were wars. And then you had, you know, game three and four of this, but pretty all pretty close together. Six, like, high-intensity playoff games combined with, like, the 830. So the crowd was into it, but I felt like in the second half, big lead. The crowd mm-hmm. kind of died. The team died. And then Miami was just kind of lingering, but Lowry yeah. and Butler had nothing. But right. then Oladipo carried them for a little while in the first half. In the second half, Martin came in. He started making shots. Right. Vincent made some shots and they were just kind of hanging around, but they, they could never get it going. Yeah, they never got below 20, though. Yeah. Um, they, they still seemed to be playing very hard, but that first half, they couldn't hit anything. Yeah, I was texting a couple of people at halftime and I was saying, this isn't, the Heat aren't like rolling over in this game. No. Like they wanted, I felt like they thought they could get this game, especially without Smart, and they were really aggressive, but they just, the Celtics D was great. They really just won this game in the first quarter. I mean, the rest of the game. Well, the rest of the second game. Half, second quarter, we won by f- six. We probably lost the second half. We lost the we? second half. Yeah. But again, our starters weren't playing. And their bench is deeper than our bench. And that's what happened in the fourth quarter. Well, and they have, they didn't use all their tricks in this game. I think you made the key point. Even yeah. though I thought Miami played really hard, I thought they were trying to win, but they kept a couple arrows in the in the but quiver. They got the game they wanted. Yeah, uh, you know they they have the seventh game if it goes that long, 
I Does got, home court even matter in this series, though? Well, I, maybe we'll find out more on Wednesday night. Um, I mean, we beat them once. Uh, we obviously in a two-two series when they have the seventh game, we have to beat them again. Uh, so, so is yeah, that your expert analysis. Yeah, that's my expert analysis. <laughs> I thought Mark Jackson was here. <laughs> what time is it? <laughs> <laughs> well, they had the funniest thing is Struess, who hit the all-time dagger shot right in our face. Right in our it. face, we had the direct angle on it yeah. to basically swing game three. I still can't believe he made that. And today he was absolutely destroyed. He was 0 for 7. But it wasn't even that. Every time he was on the court. Oh, they're hunting him. They hunted him. Oh, my God. So uh-huh. he's 0 for 7 offensively getting hunted like yeah. he was in, what was that movie, The Hunt, a couple of years ago, <laughs> that, that Blumhouse movie? Uh, he was minus 33 in 15 minutes. Oh, I didn't even know yeah. that. Really? So they played him off the court. Robinson comes in. We hit four threes, I think. But all all non-pressure into you know, the game threes. Garbage time. But, you know, he he we thought he had deer in the headlights when the when it was like an actual meaningful part of the game. Well when he but came maybe in, he got going in garbage time. Well he yeah, but it was against the subs. When he was in there and we had our starters, he's a, we were hunting either Robinson or Struess on defense. Every time either Tatum or Brown made the switch. That's the guy they wanted guarding them. Yeah. And they, and they destroyed, although Brown had a, Brown's shooting night was very weird, wasn't it? Yeah, Brown it? was rough. He sometimes just has like shit quarters. You, you know how in football they and have- Two turnovers and two fouls in like six minutes. Right. Their running backs go through like the gauntlet to try to make sure they can hold on to the ball. and the yeah. ball. They should do that with Brown in basketball. <laughs> I've never seen anything like it. Yeah, the Heat just dive at his knees. Yeah. When when he's putting the ball on the ground, you see that have us and it's every guy on the team. It's not just the old right. depot. It's they're all like diving, trying yeah. to tip it. Um he was pretty bad, but he was playing hard. And Tatum How many turnovers for Brown and Tatum tonight? Brown had one turnover, Tatum uh, had three. See Brown it looked White like had he, three and it felt like a hundred. I thought Brown had a hundred. <laughs> uh, sometimes he would regain the dribble and pass, but Tatum even though he wasn't shooting threes and we didn't feel like, I don't know how much people could see on TV, but he was doing a lot of stuff with his shoulder. And oh, like, he was raising he his, kept raising his shoulder and yeah. shaking it and shaking his hand. Yeah. Almost like when you have a stinger, he has a stinger. Yeah. But I'm trying to explain it to the listeners. Like when you, I don't know, you, you hit your yeah, funny bone funny or something, bone. you start yeah. shaking your arm to right. try to make it stop that he kept doing that. And he kept every putting, time there was like a dead whistle or and something. He kept putting his right arm above his head. Yeah. Trying to stretch it out. But but he he played really well, except yeah. he just, you could tell his threes, he didn't have the same kind of release. But everything else was... I think he had two threes that were air balls, which, yeah. which he never, ever does. And they were doing some stuff. They were doing, I think the big change they made schematically was it was a lot of like side to side stuff and yeah. handoff stuff and going left to right or right to left, trying to get different guys on him until basically poor Struess, yeah. who... By the way, we we're trashing Struess. We're literally not trashing. Him. He was bad today. He, he's probably gonna hit like ten threes in Game Five. Right. I fully expect him to have like thirty points. The one thing that was nice to see with the Celts, there was a a period where Miami tried to get back in the game by going zone. Yeah, and they killed us two years ago in the bubble when they went to zone, and we handled it really well. Um, yeah, they had a tendency to put Tatum in the middle, or Horford in the middle. Yeah, we're taking like fifteen footers. Yes. Um, and they quickly went out of the zone. And then we're getting little alley-oops from that too. 
which I enjoyed. Yes, I enjoyed that too. Um, but then third quarter, Rob Williams, who was all over the place, seemed like he landed a little funny on. Um, yeah, you noticed like alley oop, yep. and I was like, oh boy. Yeah, and you and can, then see, you can him. see him. He gets he gets like this weird grimace, and he'll yes. look down his knee. He'll look up, and he rubs it. And then it. you see the whole coaching staff kind of looking at him, yeah. and you know, I think. And then we never saw him again, except he came back out to the bench with a machine on his right right leg, right knee. Yeah, I put a picture on my Instagram stories mm. of smart in street clothes next to Robert Williams, <laughs> who had a 25-pound <laughs> clock on his knee. I, yeah. I don't even know what the thing did. And that's the problem with... This. And we were saying get him out the moment that we, we were. The problem with every other night, I mean, there's no time to recuperate for, for either team, obviously, but we seem to have more injuries at the moment. I think this is a problem for the league. Haralabob was the first one who was saying this on my pod a few weeks ago, um, that he thought the scheduling stuff was too big of an ask for right. if you have situations like what we had here where, you know, especially the front rim stuff, it was just, it wasn't like a great basketball game. But I can see know? the strategy of, you know, we'll keep the momentum. We'll have West, the one series, one yeah. night. Right. But it's kind of blowing up in their faces with uh, Golden State probably sweeping that series. So now Golden State's right. going to sit back waiting for the winner of Boston, Miami, who, who are beating each other up. Right. And uh, and still we're going every other night. So I threw up to me if I was the czar of this. Um, I don't think we should have played that Tuesday after the Sunday. I would take... I would make it where it has to be three days between the series. We should have done Fred, uh, Wednesday, Friday, Sunday, if we're going to do every other day. And yeah. if you're going to do every other day, I would take a break after a game. I would have an extra day between four and five. Yeah, I've heard you talk about that. Yeah, I sense. think that if you're just like, you know, is this a product? Do you want this to be a good product for the fans? Or well, do you want to watch everybody front rim right. threes and twes for Which is what four? Tatum was doing, front rimming all night long. Because we usually love game fours. Yeah. Those are usually like, game four and game five are usually my favorite games of the series. This was like not a great game. Well, now we're, I, I, I wish we did have a, uh, an extra day because now we're two and two. You and I were saying on the walk back, that's probably where we should be. Yeah, I think that's the right. And now we're, I think the Celtics yeah. are a little better, but I think Miami is a little smarter. Yeah. And, and a little tougher. Tougher depending on how the refs are calling the game. Right. And that's the problem with this is if it's really going to depend on that first quarter and who's calling the game and what they're allowing. Well, Tucker, Tucker was maybe the MVP of the game on Saturday night. He was a no-show tonight because they wouldn't let him be aggressive. Yeah, I was trying to tell Rosillo what that was like in person, that oh, was, alpha, alpha male performance by Tucker. It was really impressive to It was watch. impressive. It wasn't and, the same tonight. And... By the you know by the fourth quarter, as everybody saw, Tatum had deer in the headlight look right. and was in a fog. Then he came out tonight very aggressive, and uh, yeah, he was. I would call him purposeful. Tonight. Yes, and even though he wasn't hitting the three, and I don't know what he was one for six, something like yeah. that. Um, he was doing all the other things. Uh, yeah, he was eight for sixteen, and he got to the free throw line sixteen times. Sixteen times, well, wow. and I felt. Listen, I know the Heat fans. It was 38 to 14 free throw advantage. I thought most of them were like legit fouls. There was only two of them where I was like, oh, they might have gifted them on that one. Well, I don't want to sound like a homer, but I'll often <laughs> be at a game and it will strike me that 
one team is just shooting all the free throws and getting yeah. all the... It didn't seem that way tonight. No. I didn't even know that disparity was uh, was there tonight. Well, and you look at the shot chart and Miami was just all long twos and threes. So yeah. you're not getting free throws shooting that. I guess the big thing, if, if I'm looking at it, Actually, we'll, let's take a break and we'll talk about it from Miami's side. Go yard all summer long with $5 Dinger Tuesdays on FanDuel Sportsbook. This season, all customers will get $5 for every home run hit by both teams when you place a $25 to hit home run rager on Tuesdays baseball games. And the best part of Dinger Tuesdays is even if your bet loses, FanDuel will pay you $5 for every home run. I would think about riding Trevor Story who's been red hot for the Red Sox out of nowhere. He seems happy. He's just got a different vibe about him. The Red Sox are a little hot right now, five in a row. Think about him. Think about Aaron Judge against the uh, Orioles because Judge has been hot too. There's no better place to bet America's pastime than America's number one sportsbook. Head over to your FanDuel account or download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. Sign up using promo code BS to pick your home run hitter. That is promo code BS. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable site credit that expires in seven days. Max bonus $25. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem? In Arizona, call 1-800-NEXT-STEP. Connecticut, 888-789-777. In Colorado, Iowa, Indiana, Illinois, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, Virginia, 1-800-GAMBLER. In Michigan, 800-270-7117. 1-877-770-STOP in Louisiana. 1-800-270-7117 for Confidential Help in Michigan. 1-877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY in New York. Tennessee red line is 800-889-9789. And in West Virginia, 1800-GAMBER.net. Yeah, if I'm looking at it from Miami's side, they, I mean, they really miss Hero, who, you know, intermittently just murders us. Not every game, but like right. every other game and can carry them for quarters. And you felt tonight because he can create his own stuff. Lowry was honestly bad in both games. Lowry was not the same guy we saw Saturday night. This but I didn't even think Saturday night. Like I know he was he was doing Lowry stuff, but it wasn't like he was destroying us offensively or anything. He, but he was in charge. He was. Uh, That's and, fair. And tonight he wasn't in charge. Uh, I, again, the refs did not allow them to play the kind of style they wanted to play, and that affected Lowry and it affected Tucker. You know, it also affected uh, Butler. He had a weird game. Uh, he, he just didn't he, seem like he had his legs. Yeah, Lowry was four for 11 on yeah. Saturday night. He was one for six today. So. Yeah. yeah, you know, I know Butler obviously didn't play the second half Saturday. He didn't have that uh, aggressiveness or first step tonight. I thought he was a little afraid of Robert Williams. He was afraid to go at him, it seemed like. Didn't you think? Yeah, I did. But I didn't know whether that might be because his knee was hurting. His legs. Yeah. And Oladipo, who... Um, really was hitting some shots there for, I would say, about four or five minutes when they couldn't get offense from anybody. Right. He's weird, though. Sometimes he looks like the old Old Depot, and then other times he's going down the lane and he's got no burst at all. And he had like two or three plays today where he was going to the basket and ended up either just got blocked or he's just like right. kind of threw it over his head. I thought he lost his legs in the second half. Yeah, he was bad in the second they half. They played... Uh, because of Hero being out, he played too many minutes in the first half, it looked like. Yeah, he played 30 minutes. He finished 7 for 16, but he made he must have made like his first four. Right. So that that tailed off. He, um, yeah, he kept them at least somewhat in the ball game in the first half. And it was another like not awesome Grant Williams game too, who I think 
that Milwaukee series, there was a lot of miles on him. Um, he played 37 minutes tonight. It was one for eight. Missed wide open threes. and he But did, defensively, he was doing good stuff. Yeah, he missed. He did miss wide open threes. This is a funny matchup for him. I'm not sure they know who he should be guarding. Um, because Miami, They've been putting him on Bam. They've been putting him on Jimmy Butler. And he's too short for Bam. Yeah. And he's not quick enough for Jimmy Butler. So he's kind of out there trying to guard these three-point shooters and... He looks yeah. out, of, out of place a little bit. In this playing story. hard. Playing hard. Um, <laughs> talking the whole time. Yeah, Lowry, um, I don't know if the TV cameras caught it, but Old Depot was going to the basket pretty hard in the third quarter. I think it was the third quarter, yeah. Um, no, it was the second quarter. And Grant kind of gave him a little push in the back, right. and they called it. And the Miami bench was pissed. So Grant started talking to the bench and talking right. to Lowry, and they were going back and forth. Like, Grant just talks to... Everybody comes over, starts talking to Ime, and you could just, Russell and I talked about this the other day. I heard you talking about yeah, that. Yeah, Ime's, <laughs> Ime's ready for a vacation from Grant, yeah. I think. I think uh, after seven seven months of Grant, I think he could maybe take a holiday. He, I heard you describe him as the uh, annoying younger brother. Or, yeah. Uh, he's kind of annoying to watch, actually. Uh, he does some good stuff, obviously. But he's one of those guys you're glad he's on your team. You're glad You'd he's hate on him the, if he was on the other team. Yeah, that's very true. Um, I don't they, this, I mean, you've 49 years you've had Celtics season tickets. I don't think we've ever had quite had a guy like him. These high well, energy, he's almost like in hockey where he's like the, well, he's a, these high, the annoying I, hockey players it, that we've been It's for. ironic that the one player that comes to mind, although he played a different position than Danny Ainge. Right, you're I right. Mean, he, he was annoying, but you were glad he was on your team. Yeah. Yeah. And everyone was mad at him every game at every, least once. Yes. All the fans in the other stadiums, you know, couldn't stand him, but Yeah. Well and then the Derek White piece of all this, we mentioned him earlier. And they trade a first rounder and a just, pick swap. He's just uh heckle and jide or trick or treat or Heckle and Jide or Jekyll and Hyde. Jekyll and Hyde, yeah. <laughs> It's, it's now 1147. It's, it's kinda late. <laughs> I would have to call an ambulance. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the uh, I've never seen somebody in the same game where you're like, oh, he's got it tonight. He's so confident. We thought he did, didn't we? And then he'll have a stretch where you're like, oh my God, he can't dribble over <laughs> midcourt. Oh, oh my or, God. I know that little runner is not going to go in. And then it'll be like, no, he's actually going to throw this awesome alley-oop. And oh, he made a really good drive. He's just all over the place. He's a heart attack. He is like the, he's the pennant race reliever that you love and you feel like you're going to get out of the jam, but you also have to take the heart medication. We've had guys like that too. Uh, Tony Allen. You oh, know. Trick or Treat Tony. Yeah. That's I mean, who you nicknamed him. We, we've had Trick or Treat players before, but this guy does some good things. Yeah. Except when he's shooting, which is kind of ironic for a I, basketball player. He's a better player. shooter than this though. Yeah. I, don't, yeah. I don't fully understand. During the season, uh, his runners often would go in. They're not going in in the playoffs. Well, listen, I mean, he basically had a Marcus Smart game, right? He he had 13, 8, and 6. He had three steals. He had three turnovers, and he missed almost every three he took. That's like a, That was basically a Marcus Smart impersonation. If Marcus is having a bad shooting game. Right. Yeah. I guess he's been a little more reliable from yeah. there. So the other thing is Tice... Basically, they're just not going to play Tyson in this series. Well, they yeah, don't have it was two for three tonight. Right in garbage <laughs> time. And then Pritchard was uh, was pretty good, too. It seems like I'm just trying to 
map out of my head game seven. Yeah. I, well, Assuming we can get to a game seven, which I feel like they, we're going to split the next two somehow. So you're not confident about game five? I just think this is going seven. Yeah. And especially with the injuries and God only knows who's, I mean, does Marcus even play game five? Game five is two days from now. I know. It's Wednesday. Yeah. And Robert Williams with that machine on his leg and Robert Williams had a thing on his leg that looked like I've I've never seen that thing before. At least he came out. I mean, he didn't even show up for the game. Like if if somebody showed up at your house with the thing he had on his knee, I would assume like they like something horrible had happened. I would assume that they just had knee replacement surgery. (laughs) Right. It's like what are your what are your friends from from college? My brother Bob who had both knees replaced. Yeah. Yeah, that wasn't that wasn't great. But his his spirit seemed okay. I don't know. It seems like a game to game pain his, thing for him. No, that's a good point though. His, he was joking and laughing and yeah. dancing a little on the sidelines with the machine on his leg. Miami, what you what was your take from watching them for two games from a team chemistry standpoint? Very business like. Well, um, again, I they got the game they needed. Yeah, and uh, I think. Although they did try hard tonight, when the shots weren't falling, they got the game they needed. And I I think they backed off. Um, Well, they bench. We figured we wouldn't see Bam and Butler. And and we didn't. And Lowry in the fourth, which we we did not. Well, I have no idea what's going to happen in the series. You know, you could could tell me. Yeah. Well, you go and I'm going to look on FanDuel. Well, I was watching Smart on the sidelines and he was walking around okay. So maybe, it wasn't like he was on crutches. No, maybe he does play Wednesday night, and uh, maybe that machine uh, does that the was trick. regenerating <laughs> Time Lords episode. Yeah, and uh, maybe uh, they just tape up Derek White's uh, hamstring, and he's okay. And Celtics are minus one fifty five for the series, even though the next two of the next three are in Miami. That's very strange, given that again, like you just said, two of the three are in Miami. Um, well, you think about it. You know who had the a very, of all the players tonight who had the weirdest game because he killed us in game three? Yeah. Out of bio. Yeah. Um, I, I don't, you know, he had a poor He seemed very frustrated. One, a poor game two. He was a monster in game three and he had a poor game four. It's very strange for a guy that killed us in the bubble two years ago. It felt like they found something in game three when they were giving him space and isoing him. But the Celtics, I, I couldn't even totally tell what they did or whether Miami just wasn't really doing I that. Thought, this game. I thought Robert Williams made a difference in how... Made him not want to do that. Yes. Yeah. And he didn't go to the rim. Um, right. With, I mean, it's amazing what an intimidating player at the rim Robert Williams has become. Yeah, in person. It's in, pretty impressive. And in he person, feels like Embiid-esque almost. Like he's got like he's got that much size and wingspan where it just seems like he's everywhere for with, a couple stretches. With, with hops that Embiid doesn't really have. Yeah. And obviously he can't shoot anywhere away from the basket, but they don't want him to. They don't need him to. Did you think after they beat Milwaukee that the Celtics were gonna win the title? I, I think I said to you if we're healthy. Yeah. Um and I've always thought with this team, because I w- watching them all year long. When they had their entire team, they were almost unbeatable. Yeah. But whenever they had one of their starters out, they weren't the same. It's like the the uh, ball movement wasn't the same, and the defense 
the, the uh, shifting and the assignments weren't covered the same way. So that was always my hesitation about this team. Too many injuries during the second half of the year. Yeah. Did you feel, when, when did you think Tatum could be a guy, like a guy on the short list, like Russell and I talked about? Like, the, at what point during the season was it the Brooklyn game? Because I think he went to that game. Yeah. And then Mar- in March, when he was just toe-to-toe with Durant? Yeah. I mean, there were a series of games where he was unstoppable. And because you've been, you've been, to be fair, you've been pretty frustrated with him over the years because you don't like the, the pull ups and you I don't want like to go his, to the basket. I don't like it. Uh, very frequently, I don't like his shot selection. I think he, uh, he compromised. He, he, uh, I wish he went to the basket more. But the stuff he did today is the type of game we want from him. A yeah, lot of free throw attempts. Right. But really was, smart choices. And ironically, the, yeah, I agree. But, why did he play that way? Well, because his shoulder is is stung and he can't, I mean, he had two air balls. He can't shoot the three. So yeah. he, he's forced to do other things. I wish he played that way all the time. Yeah, it's funny. He's got to be one of the best seven, eight players in the league at this point. But um, it still feels like there's ways for him to get better. Yeah. Well, I looked up at the scoreboard and you mentioned, I think he had 24 points. I don't know. Yeah, we were up time. by 24 and he had 24 points. Yeah. I didn't know he had 24 points. Yeah, it was a quiet 24. It was a quiet 24. And I and I also forgot or didn't realize how often he was at the foul, the free throw, free throw line. Yeah. Um, because the threes just weren't, I mean, he was 0 for 5 at one point, I think. Uh, but, you know, he, he did, he did, he played a game that I wish he played more frequently. Um, going to the basket or. This is some team. Yeah, it's. I've just never seen a team like this. That the highs are so high, the right. lows are so low. There's just obvious flaws all over the place. Well, look at the series. We're game two. Um, we look like the we're, super we're, team. I think we're up by twenty five at half. Yeah. Game three, they're up twenty five at half. Game four tonight, we're up twenty five at half. Those are weird splits. Yeah. For teams that are pretty evenly matched. I think it goes seven. Miami will turn that into a rock fight. Mm-hmm. I'll be interested. It's going to almost be like an attrition thing. Well, Who's going to be healthy? Each side has probably seven guys they're going to trust. What is the health and shape of those seven guys in that game? We're going Wednesday, Friday, Sunday. I know. If if Miami wins Wednesday night, can I request Scott for- Foster to, to referee <laughs> on there? Friday night? Can Scott just stay here? Can we get him a hotel suite? <laughs> I mean, he can stay at my place. We've got an extra bedroom. Uh, <laughs> oh, well, I mean, refs we don't want to see tomorrow night. Tony Brothers, please, no. Um, Kane Fitzgerald I, I was there tonight. I wasn't excited, he, but he was pretty quiet he tonight. He was very quiet. Was, the sher- Sheriff Scott Foster, I think, I think told him this is I, my show. I think so. I think. I my Tony Brothers, I think, can be bad for both sides. I know he kills us, but I think he kills everybody. The Mark Davis, I feel like we never win when Mark Davis is there. I think the stats back that up that we don't win with him. It just it's great. It never feels great when, when you Mark look Davis at some of there. the stats of how we do with certain referees. It's amazing how inconsi- how consistently inconsistent they are. Yeah. Um. Um. Forty nine years for you. This is my 49th season. I was fortunate enough 
to get my ticket in 1973. And that first season, I saw a championship. With guys, so some of the guys are not alive anymore. They're like John Havlicek, our guy. John Havlicek, Jojo we lost White. Him. Yeah, we lost Jojo. Yeah. Um, yeah, so next year is the 50. It it's is. pretty, you still have a pretty good memory for all the different seasons, though. I, I Fortunately, I do, knock on wood. Fortunately, my memory is still there. Um, and you were at so many of the games. I mean, that first season, obviously. I don't I, think I went to a lot of, I was only I, four. You went to very few. Yeah. Um, I think the next year I started going. Yeah. Well, obviously, certainly two years later, because you went to almost all the playoff games. You're yeah, I went triple to the overtime. triple overtime yeah. game, all that stuff. Yeah. Uh, and then we, all the way through, man, it's been a long time. And I remember Half a century for I you. remember having a teacher conference and the teacher saying, you know, your son is barely awake when he comes to school in the morning. <laughs> uh, he might have been to the Celtic game last night. Well, that, the triple OT one, we got home at like one thirty in the morning. Yeah. Yeah. I don't get that 830 starts. I don't know why they do that. Why don't they steal from football? Football. That's when they it. have like the Super Bowl, it starts at 630. Right. Um, well, you, East said, Coast time. you said it was because of Europe. It can't be because of Europe. It's four yeah, in the morning in Europe. Take. Yeah. I, I assumed it was because of West Coast. We had some people that were just throwing it down in our section tonight. <laughs> I mean, one, one guy made us stand up 10 times. And, and that guy. Well, not only that, but every time he came back, he had two drinks and they weren't beers. No. They, they were mixed cocktails. Oh, yeah. That guy was tying one on. Yeah, there was some some alcohol use in the States today. But it was annoying a little bit. The other thing that's annoying, much more annoying, is uh, the beginning of the third quarter. When nobody's back in nobody's their seats. Nobody's back in their seats. Suddenly the game is being played. Yeah, it's a critical time of the game because right. one team can make a, a run, and it's hard to pay attention. Yeah, I think halftime should be longer. I would get rid of one of the TV timeouts and I'd make halftime longer because it just doesn't seem like halftime's long enough. People well, are trying to get food and drink, and they're waiting right. in lines, and they can't get back to their seat. Well, I would do it like they do at the ballet or the symphony. If you're not in your seat when the third quarter starts, you're not allowed you're, back in. You're not allowed back. <laughs> We don't leave. We stay in our seats. Yeah, I don't go anywhere. Um, well, so what's your prediction? Do I we think, make the finals? Are I we getting a Warriors-Celtics finals, my Steph Curry? My prediction is we win the next two games. <laughs> not gonna, really? I'm not going to predict against my own team. But do you really think we can win the next two games? If all our players play. It does feel like the ceiling of our team is higher. Ceiling is higher if we're all playing. But if it's going to be an ugly, everybody's injured game seven, My, I like Miami's chances in that game because yeah. they're they those guys have been in a lot of games. Although, you look at our team, we have guys now who have been in a lot of playoff games. Like Tatum and Brown and Smart and Horford, those guys have all been in, you know, in, in a lot of it. This Miami point. does also, though. Yeah, um, I'm just saying we're not like a young no. team. Like, I feel like we do have experience. I hope we're not in this stretch now. Robert Williams can't play Wednesday night because he has to rest his knee because there's not enough time between games. Right. Uh, and, and that's what my worry is. And then I don't feel so confident. I don't know the status. You know, watching the replay from Saturday of Marcus Smart's injury. Right. That that ankle took a 90-degree turn. Uh it's, Can we talk about your wife's text during that? <laughs> she texted. By the way, she's a doctor. I know. But she's watching on TV and she texted that she thought he 
Marcus broke his tibia and fibula. Yeah, she said <laughs> she said he broke two bones. Yeah. So that text is sitting in your phone. Yeah, it and is. then ninety seconds later, Marcus comes out. He comes he's out. back in the game. I it mean, reminiscent of uh, Paul Pierce coming out in the uh, wheelchair. Yeah, she was like tibia and fibula, fibula. <laughs> <laughs> double break. And we had to believe her because we didn't know we he wasn't out there yet. Let's end on uh, Al Horford. Okay, terrific game. So um, Al Horford, we signed him in 2016. It's the first free agent the Celtics have signed. It, it felt like 20 years. It was years. a huge signing. Yeah. It just felt like no free agents ever wanted to come here. Right. It was always a big topic of dialogue here. Right. He comes here. We're in a lot of a lot of good games and runs, beloved teammate. And then we have this terrible Kyrie Irving season right. that you had to go to the games. So you started giving away your tickets near the end of that. They were hard to sell. Yeah, they're hard to sell or family members are getting them. Then Al signs with Philly. Which is shocking. It, it's it's the second signing that really bugged me. The other one, obviously, was Ray Allen signing with Miami. Yeah. Um, and I understand the money part. I mean, he, they offered him a deal he couldn't turn down money-wise, but it just seemed like a betrayal to some extent because he was such a great teammate. Yeah, but, but I think the Celtics, like, they didn't really fully go I, after I guess him. not. And I think he took it personally, which I understand from his side. But yeah, it, it was like, wow, you're going there? Yeah, you're going there? Johnny Damon was the worst one. Yeah, he was the you worst. You the Yankees? Well, Ellsbury, too. Um, yeah, but we were kind of psyched that they signed. Yeah. We were like, <laughs> <laughs> kind of glad we stuck with Ellsbury. But, you know, I, I, I love to uh, hear Horford talk this year about how grateful he is and appreciative he is that he has the love of basketball back Yeah, because he's playing with a team he really enjoys playing with. He's appreciated by the team and the fans. Fans love him. I would say he's way up there for popular Celtics. Yeah. He does this thing, and I, I don't know if you can get it on TV, but he really like interacts with the crowd. Like he'll have yeah. a block and he'll walk over to a section, almost like a professional wrestler and just kind of like almost like what KG used to do. And he'll, he'll put his, uh, he'll, he'll trying do like to get a little the fan, thing. Yeah. The fans, you know, start cheering. We, we want it louder. We want it louder. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I, I think he is an absolute beloved teammate. I mean, the, those guys. He was guys, a monster on the boards tonight. Yeah, he was uh, great. The, I agree with you about it. His teammates respect and love him. Um, yeah. He's, he's a real leader of the team. You know, Presti, the OKC GM, who went to Emerson mm -hmm. and then, you know, is a Massachusetts guy. And he keeps Al, Al on ice all year, right? Al, Al gets to rest his knees, and then he sends him to us. It was a nice little gift by Preston. It really was. I really appreciate that. I hadn't thought about it that yeah, way. Yeah, it was nice that he did that for us. It but wasn't he sends a us gift. a rested Al. I mean, he did. No, we gave him a first-round pick. Yeah, and he likes first-round pick. We also gave him Kemba Walker. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's a tough one. Yeah, the... Uh, Al's just such a unique player. That's why I think the Chet Holmgren-Al comparisons, even though they have totally different bodies, the whole thing, but I do think if Chet is successful, I don't think it's going to be in the way people think. I think it's going to be in like an Al Horford way, like 17 points, mm. 14 rebounds, three blocks, just fun to play with, doesn't need the ball that much, good energy. Like that's going to be how he succeeds. I hope so. I mean, it, it would be nice to see somebody else come in and play like that because... He's so unique. His unselfish play is not the norm anymore. Um, everybody wants theirs. And he doesn't worry about his stats. Uh, no. No, he does whatever it takes. Well, he's, I'm glad he's back. It's been a great Celtic. Yep. All right, Dad. 
It, it was it, weird two games. I can't say I'll like be telling your grandkids about them, your great-grandkids. The high and the low, actually, was the low and the high. Um, we got to get a good game at some point in this series. See, I think that's why I think game five is going to be uh, a rock fight. And you think Harrow will play. I assume Smart will play. Who knows with Rob? Maybe we'll get everybody back, but everybody... I will. hope everybody plays. And uh, that's the way it should be. You know, both teams with full teams out there and fair refereeing. Um, I right, try to make it, just try to make it through the next couple <laughs> playoff games. I was a little worried about you today. I don't want to have to wheel you out when they these, honor you in the, with, for your 50th year. So these take it older and I'm wheeling you out. You know, these 845 starts. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Dad, thanks. All right, thanks. A lot of fun, son. Glad you were here. Thank you. All right, Jalen Green is here from the Houston Rockets. As you know, I have, a, I have good success with people named Jalen. <laughs> My old partner, Jalen Rose, the original Jalen. Wait, how did okay. you, how, how are you Jalen? That's how, how that's that happen? Named after. My mom named me after him. So My he mom was a he, big basketball head. He thinks he's the first Jalen, and all the evidence says he is. Yeah, and in my book he is, so yeah. <laughs> now there's like a Jalen every year in the draft. It's like, it's becoming yeah. like, it's Jaylen becoming like John. Very popular name. Yeah, very popular name. So you finish your rookie season. Mm-hmm. I voted for you for second team. I put Herb Jones over you. I yeah, made yeah. a joke about it. And then everybody tried to make it seem like there was a beef. I thought you had a good season. I was into it. So I just, I want us to just talk hoops. And yeah. then this can be the story coming out of it is that we had a nice hoops talk. I, when you really went on my radar last year was that second Lakers game, the overtime game. Mm-hmm. You're going against LeBron, who you're almost as old as his entire career. Mm-hmm. I think you're born in 2002. He comes into the league in 2003. You just seemed super comfortable as that game went along. And it was one of those things, I think you have to have it as a rookie. You have to have a couple of those games when you kind of levitate above the moment, which right. I felt like you did. And you did that a bunch of times down the stretch. But did you feel like that was the most important game you played this year? Uh, Yeah, I think that's where like it started my whole trend upward a little bit um, for my confidence and everything. Um, you know, when you're on a big stage with the big name players, you tend to get a little bit more juiced up and stuff. So, um, yeah, I think those were one of my my favorite games this year. Were you talking to any crap during that game or no? Uh, yeah, I talked a little bit, but, you know, AD and, AD and Brian showed love, so it was cool. So you, you growing up, you're a huge hoop fan, and then you're playing, and LeBron is there the whole time. Mm-hmm. And by the time, I don't know, you're 10, He's LeBron. He's won multiple titles. He's won multiple MVPs. And then now you're on the court with him. Yeah. And you're basically like two years older than his oldest son. Does he <laughs> Does he talk to you? Is it like a big brother, little brother thing? Like what goes, walk me through how that goes. Uh, I've had one conversation with him when I was going through like my, um, my whole draft process, figuring out who I'm signing with and stuff um, for agency-wise. Um, I had one conversation with him. Um, it turned out we had similar backgrounds in a way. Um, so he was just giving me a lot of advice. So yeah, I, I think you would say it's like a big bro type of thing, but uh, we don't really talk too often. So yeah. What about on the court though? What about as you're, as you're kicking his butt in that overtime game? <laughs> nah, he's not saying nothing to me. He's not saying nothing <laughs> to me. I don't, I don't think he would say anything. Um, I'm pretty sure he's locked in. You know, he got takeover mode. So, you know, if you're trying to lock in and get the dub. So you go to the NBA, there's, there's bodies that you're going against. LeBron's a good example, right? He's like six, eight and a half, two seventy. 
mm-hmm. and you've just come out of playing high school and you're in the G League for a year. Like, what were some of the, what were some of the guys that you were like first time you play Giannis? Are you just I, like, oh my God, how am I even in the same <laughs> universe with this person? <clears throat> this year, this year I didn't get a chance to play Giannis because uh, the time when we was playing, I was out 15 games from my injury. Ah. Uh, someone that the key who could relate with that is Joel and B. He, I had got him in a post one time. I was trying to hold my ground, and he just took one drill, put his shoulder down, and just moved me and dunked it. And I was, that was the first time I ever felt like little boy in the, in the situation. It was crazy. Yeah, he's a legit seven too. Yeah, and for three hundred, there's some of these dudes. That's the thing. Like I met, I wasn't able to go to basketball for two years, obviously, because the pandemic. And then going back to the games, and you just you forget how jaw dropping some of the athletes are and some of the bodies are. Right? They're like I was just going to these Celtics Bucks games, just watching Giannis just stroll around, and it's like Jesus, this guy's seven feet tall. <laughs> He's yeah. completely ripped. He, he can jump from the foul line. <laughs> like, yeah. I can't believe this. What? Uh, who is like your role model as you're coming up? Because like you're like the prototypical two guard, right? You're in that MJ Kobe kind of kind of class. T- same type of body, same kind of explosiveness. So who's your guy? Uh, I think you just said them both right now, MJ and Kobe. Um, MJ always been one since like growing up, like as a kid. Always had MJ posters, stuff like that. Always wore Jordans. Um, but it didn't start until like middle of my high school year. I'll say like my junior year that I started really falling in love with Kobe just because I started watching more videos um, about his mindset, his mentality, how he approached the game, how he carried himself um, and just always putting in the work and stuff. So uh, that was the time I started to really lock in mentally, try to get stronger physically. And Kobe is one of the people I was following during that time. Did you steal any moves from him? Uh, yeah, I, I worked on a lot of post game, like fadeaway shots and stuff, out of um, out of the block, coming up through high school. Um, I haven't got to showcase him yet in the league. I mean, I had a couple turn away jumpers, but um, haven't got my post game. I'm waiting until I get a little bit stronger. Right. Well, you had the face up game. Yeah, you're. I mean, what you'll have twenty five more pounds of muscle five six yeah. years from now, I would say something like that. And that's the thing with Kobe. Kobe was especially those first few years on the Lakers, very similar to you. Like everything was going forward, going forward. And then mid 2000s, all of a sudden he added this physicality to his game. LeBron did the same thing. Yeah. There was no changes once you slow the game down. Well, you know what happens. You play in these playoff games and the better the defenses are, Mm -hmm. there's no path to the rim anymore. And you have to have like that plan B. LeBron really didn't have it. I don't think till like 2012, 13. And now it's become such a big part of it. Now he just overpowers people. Yeah. Who else else really knocked your socks off? Because you go from watching these guys on TV to all of a sudden you're playing games with these guys. They're jumping out of your TV and and they're going against you. Was there anybody that, other than like Embiid, was there anybody you were like, oh my God, this guy? Uh, Kyrie Irving. Really? Explain. And Kyrie Irving is one of my big boys. He's been communicating with me here and there um, all since high school. So, he was just making everything, stopping pop threes, getting to the rim. You know, he's so wiggly downhill. It's like hard to guard. He was just everything you see on TV, all the highlights and stuff. It was, it was very it was showcased right in front of me. So it was just crazy to see. Did you feel like your team wasn't good last year? Did you feel like 
were there teams, there certain nights when teams just seemed like they underestimated you and it was advantage for you guys? Or how, how did you feel like you were regarded by the rest of the league? The team? Um, in the beginning, I think they, they played back to my drive more than anything, um, just because I struggled shooting in the beginning. Um, but once I started putting everything together, like towards the end of the season, I started seeing like a lot of double teams. Mm. Um, um, yeah, just a, just a lot of double teams, a lot of ices, things like that. Um, so yeah, that's that's pretty much my whole next step for next season, just trying to figure out how to play the double team, how to get my team involved when I can't get going, just things like that. So I'm not a drought in the in the team. Well, you had the three-point shot already. That's that's helpful. Yeah. You had the explosiveness. Helpful. That's helpful. Yeah. And it seems like you have the competitiveness. Because I was, I, I mean, I've been studying the draft and I, I love the draft. And all these years later, like the first thing I look for is, does this guy want to put in the work? And you can kind of yeah. tell when you read the stories or you see the, like Jabari Smith, I think is like this. You read the stuff about him and it's like, that guy wants to be great. Like he's going to put yeah. the work in. And you know, at some point, I'm sure you saw this when you come into the league, like a lot of these guys are talented, you know, it's not like you're going to have more talent than, you know, 20 other guys. You might, you might be in that top group, but then the work ethic, that's what made Kobe special. That's what made LeBron special. But it seems like you have that. So you're, you're spending the summer, you're working on getting a little more physical. That What else are you working on? Uh, I'm working on keeping my handle tight, um, being able to, Make a better, uh, get better at catch and shoot threes. Um, mm. Make reads off the pick and roll. Um, just the, the next level type things, like corner pass when he, the low man helps all the way over. Um, decision making. Yeah, decision making in general. Um, so yeah, this, I'm working on a whole bunch right now. But the main goal right now, while I'm in Houston, I've been going to practice and everything is just trying to get stronger, trying to get my weight up, locking on my body, make sure everything's tip-top shape so I could go into next year. Protein shakes? Yeah. What are you, what are you doing? Dude, what's, what's the diet? A lot of calories? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I eat good portions of meals. That's big thing right now is just portions of meals, protein shakes, um, drinking a lot of water. Those are the main things right now. Because you can't put on too much weight. You don't want to like mess nah, up. Yeah, I mean, you have that. Sure. You want to keep your explosiveness, but you, yeah. you also want to I was watching, I think Jalen Brown's a good example of this, right? On, uh, when he came in as a rookie, he's only playing like 12 minutes a game in the playoffs that first year. And he just, at some point, just kind of filled out in a way that now he can guard all these type of guys. Jason Tatum always had the big shoulders. So even though, yeah. even when he was a pup, he could still go out there and do it. But then you see some of the other dudes, you see the weight that they put on gradually. Kobe was like this. Kobe was like a string bean when he came in the league. Yeah. You know, yeah, I watched a lot. I watched a lot of Kobe when he was younger, just to see like how he came into the league, what his mentality was, and like how everything just changed for him. Do you think so? Kobe comes in; he's on a good team right away, right? He goes in; he's with Shaq. They're in the playoffs. They have higher expectations, and also he's playing for the Lakers, the most one of the most famous franchises we have, and a lot of his games are on TV. And he's just in there. You got to go. You know, you're on a lottery team. You got to maybe not have the same kind of fishbowl type of thing. Which which is better, do you think? Is it better to just kind of be able to practice your craft and low expectations on your team or just to be thrown into the fire like that? Um, I think both is pretty good. I mean, at the end of the day, if you go into a lottery team, 
and you being able to get on the court and just get experience, being able to play with guys, learn how to play off each other. I mean, it's it's a rebuild at the end of the day, so you're learning everything on the fly. You're picking up from your coaches, film, doing the extra things because you just had a bad year. You lost. You don't. You got yeah. the feeling of losing, so you don't want to feel that no more. So now you're going through it, trying to figure out everything you could possibly do to be better, be a leader, take it to the next level. Um, but I mean, if you're on a winning team, you got all those vets on the team that you could just right. learn from. So, I mean, you see their routines and stuff, see what they're doing, pick up on some of their stuff, take it, make it some of yours, build habits. But um, yeah, that's my biggest thing right now is just building habits, staying on my routine. And um, yeah, like I said, take it to another level. And you had, I mean, there were some trades last year. You had a lot of teammates too, but you're probably used to that from the AAU era. Yeah. When you're AAU, cool. your teammates are changing all the time. <laughs> you always got different teammates at AAU. <laughs> when did you start? When did you go into the AAU cycle? Like fifth grade, sixth grade? When did it start? Yeah, I started playing AAU um, around there. Um, but I was a football player. I didn't take basketball serious till about really? ninth grade. Yeah, I didn't take it serious till about ninth grade is when I, I sat out and started training. Um, so yeah, that's when what I was started. the, what was the football? What were the uh, positions? I was for Pee Wee. I was running back for middle school. I was wide receiver. I'm guessing you were a decent wide receiver. Yeah, I was cold. <laughs> I was cold, but the in- injury messed me up and I was like, I can't do this no more. I'm what happened? I had, I had ran, I don't know what route I ran. I came back, caught the ball. Turn and dude like smacked me right in my knee and my knee like extended all the way. So oh, it was, no. yeah, it was pretty bad. So I was that like, was I can't, it. can't do this no more. You know, Edwards on Minnesota was mm-hmm. like this legendary high school football player and basically kind of stumbled into playing basketball. But I think yeah. he always thought he's a football player. And I always, there's this alternate universe with him where it's like, what would this guy have been like on a football field? It sounds like you abandoned your thing before them, but yeah. is there is there a potential potential rivalry with you and him in a good way? You and Edwards? Oh yeah, in a good way. That's that's my brother. Um I mean we've been battling since high school. Um Yeah. When the was year, the first time you met him? Uh I think sophomore year, maybe junior. Um we was at USA and he was killing at USA camp, going crazy. I was like, Who is this? So we chopped it up a little bit. And after since then, um, we became cool. And then um, next time I seen him was at Steph Curry camp right before he classed up to go to college. So he went out of my class and went straight to college after that. And then we just we've been cool ever since. I love that guy. Yeah, I, I'm really interested to see how his career turns out because he's it's a good example of what we we're talking about earlier. Like sometimes with the situation, <clears throat> certain people rise up and certain people don't, and you could see like. I think both of you have it, just being unafraid of whatever moment is happening. In his case, like, I mean, the the, the downhill stuff with him is pretty nuts. Yeah. I, right. I'd say you have different styles, but it's that could be a pretty good rivalry, especially because it's in the same conference. Yeah, always, always. Me and him go put on a show every time we step on the floor. It's funny because after uh, All-Star, we had, a, we had played him right before All-Star break. He was telling me he better average 25 after All-Star. And then uh, we played him the next time. I had 30. So it all worked. <laughs> Who was your, did you have like a rival in high school? Because you went, school, you spent three years at one high school and then you switched for your senior year. But did you have a guy you were measuring yourself against? Um, I wouldn't say measuring myself against anybody. Um, 
But I mean, I think everybody in the top ten of the ESPN rankings was pretty much going at each other's heads. So you're looking at that from what age? The uh, rankings. I started really looking at rankings when I got into the top three or top five or something like that. And then I started noticing, I was like, I want one. I need one. I'm trying to get to one now. I'm trying to be the best player in the class. So, um, well, you finished. You were number one by the end, right? By the end of it, I, I was number one. I left the class number one. And there was no, you never thought about college or did it because you went to G League, but were you, was college even a possibility or you just nah, knew you were going G League? College was a possibility for sure. Um, you know, I didn't have all the big blue schools and stuff. Um, so it was it was different for me. But um, I, yeah, college was a possibility. It was between Memphis and Auburn at the end of the day. Um, and then G League came, they offered it, talking about how we're going to have a program so the players could come here, learn how to become a pro early on and off the court. They offered school for us. So we were doing school at ASU. Um, so I was like, why not? I mean, this has all the tools in the backyard. Let's just, let's just go here. And it was, you got some money too, which was nice. Yeah, yeah it was. Yeah. And they got, you know, you were able to do, when did you go with like CAA and when did that, did all that stuff happen this year when, that year when you went into the G League, you were able to get uh-huh. like a, figure out what your team was? Yeah, it started, it started when I was in the G League. That's when I got with CAA. So then you're in this draft which I think we're going to look back at as one of the best drafts. Yeah. It's just Cade, Mobley, Franz Wagner, Kaminga, Suggs. It goes on down. Mitchell, it goes on down the line. Like, I buy basketball cards. I like basketball cards. This is like, I'm getting, I'm getting multiple boxes from, from this year and not opening them. Because it feels like there, there might be like three, four future All-NBA guys in that draft. Yeah. It's pretty loaded. So, so are you met? Are you looking at box scores? Are you measuring yourself against these other guys? What's your process with that? Box scores of who? Just uh, all the guys from your class. Like, do you uh, are you always checking out what they're doing? I mean, yeah, just because I support a lot of my guys in my class. A lot of yeah. them are my brothers. Um, so it's like I want to see how they're doing. I want to see what they're doing, what they're implying, what they got going for themselves. Um, but yeah, I'm looking here and there. But at the same time, I I can't really worry about that too much. I got to worry about what I got to do. Can't let their game affect me. Got to stay locked in. You know when that changed? That was Jalen Rose's generation. That was the first time all those guys, there was like more of a brotherhood that came out of whoever was in the same class. Because yeah. the 70s and 80s guys, they could give a crap. Yeah. Right? And they all, like Bird and Magic, I don't think they talk for, you know, for yeah. the first five years it's of their career. Deep. They just, yeah, they was like, and then they did a Converse commercial, everything changed. Now everything's a lot more friendly. I yeah. do think, it does feel like the super team era might be dying down now. Think because so? I, I, Yeah, because, I mean, look at the teams that are left, right? They, yeah. Golden State, Draymond and Clay and Curry have been together, you know, for a whole decade. Yeah. Um, you look at Boston, like they built around Tatum and Smart and Brown. Those guys have been together since 2016, 17 range yeah. on down the line. Like even Dallas, like that's, Luca's like they drafted him, and I wonder like if that if that's going to be the new model because some of the super teams don't work out. Do you like the super team stuff or you like the homegrown stuff? Yeah, I like I like the homegrown stuff. I ain't really been. It's exciting to watch the super team, obviously, but you know, yeah, I, I like the homegrown stuff. You know, chemistry, everyone playing together, normal roles, stuff like that. 
How much hoop do you watch during the playoffs? Are you watching the games at night or not? I've been watching, I've been watching every game lately. Any every takeaways? Game. We're taping this on a Monday. I'm a, I'm going to the Celtics Heat game in a couple of hours. But uh, what what jumped out about Golden State? Uh, I've always said this since the first time I played in that, that this is a this is a tough team to guard just because they're always moving. Everyone knows their role. Um, Steph's so hard to guard. Clay wasn't playing. I didn't get to play against Clay. Or I I think I did, but um, this is it's just hard to guard them. They. You got to play against Steph, though, right? Yeah, yeah. And he gamed us for one of the one of the games. So. What does that mean? Oh, that's right. Yeah. He had a game win on us, and it was. I remember bad. that. Yeah, that was bad. But, yeah, the cool, yeah. the cool thing with what him and Draymond have now after all these years is like this unspoken. They just kind of always know what the other guy's going to do, which is cool. becoming rare and rare now in basketball because the the guys change teams or. The contracts are shorter. It's just harder to keep people together. Yeah. And watching those two, I just I just really enjoy it. I, that's my favorite kind of basketball. I didn't know they had it this year, though. I was really worried about them during the Memphis series. Really? Yeah. I, I, yeah, I mean, especially ja, when they man. lost by 50. Yeah. Jaw was going crazy. Jaw was going crazy. The whole, the whole that Memphis team is, is real beauty. I like how they play. They play so hard. Um, well, they have yeah. a lot of guys to throw at you. Yeah. Yeah. That could be a possible rivalry. Would you? Yeah. What was your? What was your take on Jokic? Did you ever see anybody like him before? Never, never. He's he's a super good big. Like just being able, like the difference between like Joel and Jokic. You see how Jokic is passing, mm. getting everyone involved. Like don't get it wrong, Joel and B is crazy. Like he's gonna he's a walking double double. He's gonna get you ten boards, thirty points, 40, 20 boards. You know, but Jokic yeah. got plus the whole stat sheet. And it's, it's helps win. So it's crazy. So you guys have a top three pick. Have they asked you for advice? Because you probably played against some of these guys. You don't have to tell me what you said, but do you do you feel like they're actually like, hey, let's ask Jalen what he thinks, or is it just your twenty year old kid? They don't care. Nah, I, I got asked. I got asked um, who's my thoughts on somebody. Um, yeah, you don't have to say. I don't want to put yeah. you in that position. Nah, yeah, you good. But I, I figured I, I figured they would check with you though. <laughs> yeah, they checked with me for sure. Um, but I mean, we got a third pick. There's three great players, good players that's coming out. So I think yeah, it's, it's funny. Up. It's funny how that works out when there's a clear top three yeah. and you have the third pick. It's almost like you can't do anything wrong at that point. No, you're right? chilling. Yeah. <laughs> it's you're just like whoever falls to you, that's who you get. Let's build. Come on. Yeah. Um, I have... I have Jabari first, but I could see the case for anybody. But I just, that, that's like my stupid work ethic thing. And I just like, I think the length and the shot that he has and the fact that he's going to keep adding, he's the safest bet to me. But I like all three guys. I was I was impressed at various times um, by all of them. You guys are in a position where it doesn't even matter who falls to you. The guy's going to be an asset. And then, then you're off. Thanks. This could be somebody who's in your life for like the next 12 years. Yeah. <laughs> so you lived in, you lived in Houston year round. What was your situation? Do you have family with you? How'd you do it? Uh, I moved out here. My family stayed home. My mom um, and my little sister and my older sister are all back in, in Fresno. Um, but I moved out here with my big two, my both my big bros. And um, yeah, I, I got an apartment like 15 minutes from the Toyota Center. So it's easy to get straight there. 
Um, yeah. What was your reaction when you get drafted by them? What did you know about Houston? Uh, I I knew about the James Harden era um, when he was going crazy. Uh, yeah, Trevor Brees, EG was still there. Um, yeah, I know I knew about that era. They were going crazy during that year. Um, before that, do you know about really the food? Know. Yeah, the food is crazy. Like they got the best food out here. I swear. And that's where you put the weight on, for sure. They got <laughs> See, you you better be careful. <laughs> yeah, they got all types of different foods out here. I love it. Um, but I was super excited when I heard I was getting drafted there. Um, I mean, I, I didn't really care where I was going. Um, I just want to be top. So that all worked out. And I'm, I'm happy where I'm at. I like my situation. You know anything about the Hakeem era? Did they did they school you on that? Did they educate yeah, they, you? They, they, get, they gave us a little film breakdown. He was a goat in the post. He's the most underrated guy <laughs> of the last 30 years. For sure. Because Jordan leaves and Hakeem's the best guy for the entire time Jordan's out. But then Jordan comes back, comes back and loses. But now that's kind of been hung on Hakeem a little bit. Like, well, he won the two titles, but Jordan wasn't there. It's like he, I think they would have beaten the Bulls at yeah. least one of those times because he was unstoppable. They didn't have a center to yeah, handle somebody like him. That little perfect going there. Oh my god, crazy. he's ridiculous! And yeah. then they had shooting. They were kind of a proto, like a early prototype of how hoops is played now, with like the shooters surrounding the one guy. Yeah, which right. um, you know, they could still get big too if they wanted to. You, um, can't you can't close in, or you go swing into the shooter, knock down. How would you rate your basketball history chops? Like, how much did you know about the NBA? Were you like a super fan, fan, or kind of a fan? The history, man. I went. I was, I was a fan. I wouldn't say super fan, just because I didn't. I pick and chose my guys who I wanted to really, you know, really right. look and watch. Um, like Larry Bird, Michael Jordan, Kobe Bryant, Young Kobe, um, King Lajuan. Like there's a there's a ton of guys that I would I would watch individually, but I wouldn't say I'm a super fan. I like well, the style. Also- you know. You weren't near an NBA team. How close mm-hmm. were the King? How close were the Kings to Fresno? Kings, just like about two hours. Yeah, you didn't. You didn't really have a team. Your generation goes for players though over teams. It seems like. Yeah. Because I know my son. My son doesn't have a favorite team. He <laughs> just likes different players and people that he plays two K with. And that's exactly how it is now. Yeah, you're a two K guy. Uh, I played it a little bit. Um, I, I was never. Like super good. I would always just talk trash, get my friends all mad, act like I'm finna go crazy. But no, nah, I was never that good. I ain't never what? been really a gamer for real. Well, you're like you're a pretty interesting guy. You have like adult hobbies already, right? You're in a, like fashion and yeah. You have your own cologne. What's the, yeah. what's the cologne thing? Uh, it's it's called Invictus. Um, it was this little um, I went to Spain and did a little commercial. Mm. Uh, so it was in Europe. It was out there. It was just Cologne for Invictus. It was super cool. Um, we shot for three days. It was crazy stuff. They had me doing some some awesome photo shoots. There was this one while I was on the back of a truck and there was like motorcycles in the back. Um, it was a super cool experience. <clears throat> what? Uh, give me some more stuff that you're up to, non-basketball. Non-basketball? Uh, honestly, I think that's pretty much the only thing I got right now. I mean, other than Adidas coming out with some crazy stuff. Mm. Um, that's pretty much it. 
How much time do you spend online? Are you on Twitter? Are you on TikTok? Are you on Instagram? Are you seeing what people are saying? Like, are you one of those on, guys I'm or on, you stay away? I'm on Instagram mostly, Twitter a little bit. I don't really use TikTok too much. So I don't think that's my era. I think I think that's that's for like my, my little sister and stuff, you know. Um, but yeah, I'm more of an Instagram guy. I'm starting to get on Twitter a little bit more. So. Hmm. Yeah, we're. I noticed that about ten years ago, with the players, especially like you know that some people, some teams had to like ban phones at halftime and stuff like that. Um, you could just go find anything. You could find any opinion. I do wonder, like, I don't know if that's a great thing for basketball. I would rather like shut that stuff off. Yeah, for you sure. Know? I mean, during season, I, I got off social media. I didn't even, I didn't even touch social media like that. All right, so give me your goals for next year. What do you next got? Year, um, win more than twenty games. I'm trying to be an all star, and I'm trying to average twenty. 25. 25? Yeah, 20 to 25, around there in that realm. I feel like I feel like the way I ended the year, I feel like if I bring that, carry it on to the start and all the way through, I mean, there shouldn't be no reason I couldn't. And you think the offense, I mean, you guys don't, I guess you have John Walls coming back, but they're, from a point guard standpoint, mm-hmm. a lot of that stuff could run through you, right? Yeah. I mean, that's that's how we started playing it towards the end of the year. So tw- to me, 23, 5, and 5 seems conceivable for you yeah. next year, right? And then if if you get to 25 in year two, that would be... That's I mean, that's one. a pretty big leap. You're, when do you yeah. turn 21? February 9th. Yeah, that's a pretty big leap. 23, 5, and 5, I think, is absolutely attainable, though. Plus, your team's going to be better. You guys have cap space. Exactly. You know, you have yeah. a little bit of more foundation. Got two top three picks now. So it, the West is in a weird spot too. I feel like it seems like a lot of the talent has shifted to the East Yeah, in some way. Sure. That's what we were saying during the season last year. Like the East got so many people right now. Like it's crazy. But on I'm the other hand, you've, the you've got Kawhi's back. Yeah. Porter and uh, Porter and Murray are going to be back on Denver. Yeah. So those two will be better. Yeah, so it's going to get real next year. The West is going to be lit. Um, last question. We're cool. Yeah. I'm on your team. When you see <laughs> when you see stuff like you see that thing when uh when I was talking about Herb Jones and I was like, "Fuck yeah. Gerald Green." And and then it gets pulled out like you had some dude on a podcast go after you. How yeah. do you even see that? How does that come to you? And are you like, wait a second, did that actually happen? Like, are are you immediately suspicious? No, that it's like a. When I seen it, I'm like, I'm like, damn, where I don't know him. What did I, what did I do to him? Like, I don't know where it's coming from. But I mean, everyone, everyone's gonna talk. I'm used to seeing things like that. People talking in general, but um, yeah, I, I ain't never take it too personal. It's never nothing. I mean, we started. I started making a joke out of it on Twitter. Laughs about it. It's all good. Yeah, it's funny because when it happened, I was like, all right, this is like your classic stupid social media thing. Yeah. But then somebody tried to write some piece about it. And I was like, all right. And I did this tweet. I was like, we were joking the whole time. Like, oh, people yeah. could, so I felt like the facts were on my side. And then the way this goes, it, get, the, it keeps popping up. But then I don't know. Like, 
your class was really good. I had trouble figuring out who my five guys were. And for me, it's like, I've always had this strategy with the voting that the team record stuff matters to me. You know, you guys had 20 games and I looked at the stuff Herb Jones was doing in New Orleans and I was like, this guy, you know, this is a a team that has a chance to make the playoffs and he's in the, and I just, I like rewarding that. Their team got really good towards that time for the playoffs. Right. After that whole trade deadline, they got CJ. Right. You know I mean, they started they start turning up. They started adding key players. I mean, they became a good team. Before that, they weren't really... They stunk. You know? Yeah, they weren't really good. So it's like... That's By the way... Team. That's like getting drafted to a winning team. Right. But that's a possible scenario for you guys next year. Yeah, for sure. Because I think that was a good example of like... They hit on the Herb Jones pick. Mm-hmm. CJ, they get Larry Nance is in the trade too. Now you get three guys, and you think like, wait, Zion's not going to play the whole year, and they're going to be competing for a playoff spot. But it was these other moves they made around the fringes, and that's you know what this stuff comes down to. If you can have oh. the two foundation guys or the three, whatever, but <laughs> you start hitting those fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth guys, all of a sudden you're good. Yeah. Like New Orleans was toe to toe with Phoenix in that round one. Bad Alvarado, man. that was another one. Yeah, he was a, he's a dog. I like his game. Came out and just, he just plays hard. He's he's like a, it's a in a good way, he's like a annoying, like on the court, you know? You know guys yeah. like that, like annoying, like he's always just there, like around you. Like, I, I think that's super lit. He's super good. But yeah, no, I like I'm, that. I'm glad, I'm glad we got to get on and talk about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's, look, it was stupid, but I, because I know, I know, we have some mutual people and everybody's like, Jalen's the best. Mm-hmm. This guy, he should just come on because you guys should just chop it up and talk hoops. So yeah. I'm glad we did that. I'm rooting for you. <laughs> I think 23-5-5 is attainable. If you're going to tell me 25-5-5 is, is in play, I'm intrigued. But it seems I mean, like... Why, why not aim high? Let's aim high. What, by the way, I forgot to ask you, what would you do with the slam dunk contest? Would, would I do it again? No, what would you do? Is there a way to fix it? Is it just, is it run its course? What do you yeah. do? I think it's just run its, I mean, I messed up the last, I shouldn't have started off so, so trying to come out crazy. I shouldn't have started off so crazy. I well, the just, pressure is to come up with some dunk nobody's seen before, but we've had 40 years of dunks at this point. There's no more dunks left. What are I'm people like, going to do? Everyone's going to try the new, so I'll try to just come out with something no one's seen before, outside the backboard, between the legs. And the crazy thing, right before I was upstairs practicing and I got it right before we went onto the court. Yeah. But then like after I missed the first like two, three, my legs started shaking. Everyone on the sidelines, come on, you got it, bro. You got it. I'm like, ah. Well, you can feel that energy. I've been in those things when it's not yeah. going well and the energy just gets super weird. You can feel it's it. Like, ah, man. But yeah. I think... I've been saying this for 20 years and they tried it, but I don't feel like they did it correctly. I still think horse is better. Horse? I would love to watch horse or pig. Yeah. Yeah, that would I, be cool. Because like, you, you could add both. You could shoot and dunk. Shoot right. Shots. Yeah. And it should be people who have like a similar, like if it's you versus Anthony Edwards. Yeah. And you're playing a horse and dunks are on the table, outside shots, props, anything. Yeah. I guarantee that's going to be more fun than a slam dunk contest. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that would be pretty exciting. It just depends. Like, what are the rules to it? Like, how 
Like just get to horse. Get H O R S E. I think it should be shorter though, because you know you're trying a whole bunch of new trick shots and stuff. Like, so pig, like pig, yeah, pig. You think you think you would take him? Amen. Yeah, you versus yeah. him and pig with yeah, twenty thousand right people now. in the arena. I'll tell him right now. Let's get pig going. So what's your move? Twenty twenty eight footer to start. Yeah. Or you get a dunk to start? Try to put nah, some pressure I'm a, on him I'm a, early? I'm going to wait on the dunk. I'm going to say the dunk for the last one. But no, nah, I'm coming with a trick shot first. It's a little warm up. Little I just don't know who's not watching that. Yeah, it would be exciting. That would be weird. Because I think the key is, it's got to be people who are in the same like relative level of like athletic ability skill. Yeah. Right? It can't be like... I mean, I guess you could do it, you versus Steph Curry, but... If it's you versus Steph Curry, you could try to do all these dunks that he probably can't do at yeah, this point in his he's life. He's 33. From, yeah, he's just going to shoot from behind the logo. Right. But yeah. if it's Steph Curry versus, I don't know, Tyler Hero, they're prob- that's going to be like all 30, 35 footers, yeah. and that's more fun. So I would, t- I would almost group them like weight classes, like in boxing. Yeah. You know, it's like welterweight, junior, junior middleweight, heavyweight. Like it would be the same thing where it's like, yeah. Athletic two guards, it's you and Edwards and two more. And then we get like the shooters, they're in this group. And then like tall guys like Evan Mobley and those kind of guys, they're in their own thing. That would be cool. You might, you might got to put the word in for that. Uh, we'll see. We'll see if it works. Yeah. All right, Jalen Green, take care of yourself. Good luck in the draft. I hope the Rockets listen to you. Uh, I'm rooting for you. Thanks Appreciate for coming on. Yes, sir. Appreciate you having me. All right, that's it for the podcast. Thanks to Kyle Creighton, as always, for producing. Thanks to Steve Cerruti and Dylan Berkey as well. I'm not sure of the schedule the rest of the week, but we will have at least one more BS podcast. Don't forget, rewatchables. Tuesday night, big movie. Stay tuned for that. See you next. I wanna see them on a waste of-